When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, I'm Dan Vespers, the host of Fantasy NBA Today, HoopBall's flagship full-season fantasy podcast. We cover every piece of news, every mock draft, every rank list, pickups, drops, buy lows, sell highs, and every sleeper candidate all year long, Monday through Friday. Come check us out. We're Fantasy NBA Today, and you can follow me on Twitter for updates at Dan Vespers, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We'll talk to you soon. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Oh, baby, welcome to the Hoop Bowl Chicago Bulls podcast. It is a Tuesday evening. I was not expecting to talk with you all this evening, Hoop Ballers, but the Chicago Bulls have a new head coach. It is former Oklahoma City Thunder head coach and former University of Florida head coach, Billy Donovan. This is unexpected to say the least. By the way, the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, ExpressVPN, and MyBookie. I have a guest on to talk about this with me. He is the co-host of the Uncontested Podcast, which is the best Oklahoma City Thunder podcast around. Please welcome into the Hoopball Chicago Bulls podcast, Jacob Niffin. Jacob, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Wow, what an unexpected hire by the men in the 312. Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me, and I appreciate those kind words as well. Um yeah, I, I ju- I'm with you. As a person that covers the Thunder, I did not expect the Bulls to be where Billy Donovan ended up, but here we are. And, you know, I think you guys got a good one. I, I really enjoyed Billy Donovan's time in Oklahoma City, really stand up guy. And I'm, I'm kind of excited to, to break this down with you. So I want to go into the end of this year's Thunder season. When the Thunder traded away Russell Westbrook and picked up Chris Paul, it seemed like it was the end of an era and that the Thunder were going to try and find a way to get rid of Chris Paul as soon as possible. I think that, and this is just an outsider's view, that the Thunder in 2019-2020 exceeded expectations and very well had an opportunity to end up as one of the four teams in the Western Conference semifinals. They lost that epic Game 7 to Houston. A lot of people thought that they could have won, and then all of a sudden... Billy Donovan and Sam Presti decide to part ways. Were you surprised that the Thunder effectively said, we're going to start to do this teardown? Or did you think that there was still one more playoff run left in this group? So that's a great question. And I think from the outside looking in, a lot of people were kind of surprised that the Thunder and Billy Donovan parted ways. I think a lot of people here, though, kind of expected that split to happen. Billy Donovan was coming into the last year. You know, he was was a free agent coach. 
and, and didn't come back. It's not like, uh, you know, he, he was had one year left and the Thunder fired him. Uh, that typically isn't something that Presti does, whether it's with a player, whether it's with a coach. He doesn't let people explore the open market. If he likes you, he typically locks you up. Now, I fully believe that Sam Presti loved Billy Donovan and they had a great relationship. Whenever Scott Brooks got canned, there was no other candidates. It was Sam Presti knew Billy Donovan was his man. But like you said, trading away Russell Westbrook, trading away Paul George really marked the end of an era for the Oklahoma City Thunder. But I don't feel like the Thunder have yet to start the new era. The 2019-2020 season was a bit of a holding year where, yes, you had Chris Paul, who came in, by the way, summer of 2019. Everyone thought that contract was an albatross. Uh, Obviously, the Rockets had to give up substantial pick compensation to get off of Chris Paul. And now he is a second-team All-NBA, an All-Star, and has perceived value around the league. And I think the Thunder are going to be able to probably snag another first-round pick trading Chris Paul away Uh, I was going to say this summer, this offseason, because we are well past summer now. But with the Thunder most likely pivoting into their rebuild moving forward now with, you know, the gazillion draft picks that they have, young players to build around like America's favorite Lou Dort, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. It just kind of made sense that Billy Donovan, a a little bit older in his late 50s, ready to, to move on. I mean, you have to remember, he came to Oklahoma City when the team had Serge Ibaka, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and they competed for a title. They were a a Clay Thompson barrage away from making the NBA Finals. So he made the jump from college to NBA with the chance to win an NBA title. Since then, that chance in Oklahoma City has diminished. And I think at the end of the day, Presti really couldn't give Donovan a straight answer on what does this team look like two, three, four, five years down the line. And it was a, a a parting that was probably best for both sides. We are here with Jacob Niffin of the Uncontested Podcast and Oklahoma City Thunder Podcast. Make sure you go listen to them and hit subscribe. Jacob, looking at all of the NBA jobs that were available when Billy Donovan decided to walk out the door and not to mention when Nate McMillan got fired in Indiana, and Mike D'Antoni walked away from Houston, or rather, you can say that Houston parted ways. I think that the Thunder parting with Donovan was more amicable than the Rockets with D'Antoni. Donovan's a guy that you hire if you're trying to get to the next step. The Bulls are still in the latter stages of their rebuild and are trying to get somebody that is good developmentally, but can get them to the next step a little bit quicker. So with that in mind, given where the Bulls are compared to the Pacers and the Rockets, why do you feel like Billy Donovan felt like Chicago was the best place to go instead of a team like Houston or Indiana where you can win a lot sooner? So that's a great question. The The Houston one is interesting to me. Can you imagine the Thunder trading away Russell Westbrook, who played under Billy Donovan, just for Russell Westbrook to end up playing with Don- Billy Donovan one year later. That That is fascinating to me. Uh, I mean, at that point, Houston would really be trying to rebuild the Oklahoma City Thunder. James Harden, Tabo Cephalosha, Russell Westbrook, Jeff Green. Now you bring in Billy Donovan. It's just like they're building Thunder 2.0 out there. Uh, the Indiana one was interesting. Actually, the team that I thought Billy Donovan might end up at that I thought was a good fit of, of a team that was ready to contend 
uh, a team that had some young, promising players was the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I know Billy Donovan was one of three guys to, I think, make second-round interviews with the Sixers, along with Ty Lue and Mike D'Antoni. So I thought that was a possibility as well. Him signing on with the Bulls, to me, is fascinating. Like you mentioned, the Bulls are in a later-stage rebuild. Now, I think the Bulls are in a different position as far as a rebuild than the Thunder. The Thunder are just starting a rebuild. Like They're not even there yet. They have to trade away their vets first. Where the Bulls already have young talent, Wendell Carter Jr., Kobe White, Laurie Markkinen, and then obviously that number four pick coming to fruition here in about a month and a half. I think the Bulls are kind of right there on the precipice of having young guys that are still developing and in a rebuild, but also to the point where they could push for the eighth seed next year. You know, there's there's contracts on that Bulls roster that can be flipped for an asset or for a, a vet who can really come in and maybe help push this team up to the six, seven, eight seed in the East. And so I think they're maybe a little bit farther along. And it also sounds to me like maybe the Bulls have a, a more concrete plan of what the next three to five years looks like compared to where the Thunder are currently. So one thing that I think is significant to talk about when it comes to Billy Donovan is how he did compare to Scott Brooks. Billy Donovan got the Thunder to within a game of making the finals in 2016. Obviously, you mentioned the Clay Thompson barrage in game six and then the Warriors finishing it off in game seven. But after that year, Durant leaves and they lose in the first round four straight seasons, the final four years of Billy Donovan's tenure. Was there a frustration by Thunder fans about them not being able to get over the top and relating that to Billy Donovan? Or was it more of Russell Westbrook having some inconsistencies? Obviously, the Portland series last year was a very dramatic series that could have gone either way. My question to you is, is the Thunder's lack of playoff success implicated by the fan base or at least guys that cover the team to Billy Donovan's style of coaching? It's a great question. Um, I think that obviously whenever you lose in the playoffs, there's a lot of finger pointing. And some of that finger pointing inevitably ends up at Billy Donovan. Take this past season that that technically is still going on, but the Thunder losing to the Rockets in seven. I mean, they were right there. You know, a, a Dennis Schroeder layup, a patented Chris Paul mid-range pull-up that just rimmed out. They make one of those shots, P.J. Tucker making a floater in the final two minutes of the game. You rerun that game seven, those final three minutes, a hundred times. The Thunder probably went 80 of the hundred times in that. But Thunder fans will still point the finger at Billy Donovan for his lack of going small in that series. Now, in the other playoff series, the the season after Kevin Durant left, the, the Russell Westbrook triple-double season, the MVP season, I don't think anybody expected the Thunder to go deep in the playoffs there. I uh, probably didn't expect them to beat the Houston Rockets. And so so it's hard to point the finger at Billy Donovan there. Then the other two years, we have the Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony season. Then we have the Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Dennis Schroeder season. Uh, both of those incredibly underwhelming. Um, you know, the, the Thunder losing to Utah, Melo basically becoming unplayable in that Utah series, and then just getting waxed by the Portland Trailblazers. It's hard to pin a lot of that on Billy Donovan when you look at it objectively. 
Uh, if you want to to nitpick, you could find reasons to say, oh, Billy should have done this. Billy should have done that. You know, whenever they played Portland, he should have put Ennis Canner in 50 pick and rolls a game. Uh, and he didn't. Blah, blah, blah. I, in that Utah series, Russell Westbrook, for some reason, got into a massive pissing contest with Ricky Rubio that I still don't understand. Uh, and uh, not to beat a dead horse here, but playoff P has kind of proven in the past three years that Paul George can't really perform great in the playoffs. He's he's kind of shied away and, and had re- very poor performances three years straight in the playoffs now, two in Oklahoma City, obviously one in, with the Los Angeles Clippers in the bubble. So I think maybe more personnel-based are those playoff struggles. Now, if you want to get down in the nitty-gritty and nitpick minute details, you could point at Billy for some of those things. But I think his overall, like throughout the regular season, I mean, he was co-coach of the year, voted on by other coaches in the NBA. He did a magnificent job with this team this year. I don't think there you you can place all of that blame of the playoff misperformances at the feet solely of Billy Donovan. I think there is plenty of blame to go around. We are here with Jacob Niffin of the Uncontested Podcast. We're going to take a quick break for a commercial, and we will be right back after this. Support for the Hoopball Chicago Bulls podcast and the Hoopball Network is brought to you by MyBookie. Say it with me now. Sports are back, baby. I've been waiting for this day since March, and now that it's here, I've got only one thing on my mind, MyBookie. MyBookie is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot all wrapped into one. I love it, you love it, and that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. MyBookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams, and with the start of the NBA playoffs, there's never been a better time to start playing. With MyBookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Feeling good about your MLB team's chances this year? If you're a Cubs or a White Sox fan, I'd certainly hope so. Be sure to check out MyBookie's World Series future bets. Nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun. But why stop with baseball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future. And in this case, that means basketball, hockey, hopefully the Blackhawks, if you're listening to this, have survived Game 5 against the Golden Knights, and football, if football even happens. MyBookie is already accepting bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today, and MyBookie will match your deposit 100%, plus they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. Hey, I'm probably going to bet that on the White Sox when they're facing Spencer Turnbull and the Tigers, or maybe I'll bet that on the White Sox when they're facing the Pirates. I think White Sox-Pirates is probably a pretty smart bet. All you got to do is enter promo code HOOPBALL, that's all caps, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L when signing up. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet. You win, they pay. Also want to remind you that support for HoopBall is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. 
The water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. Ooh, that's appealing. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming experience. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Oh, you gotta love that. Show your motor off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. And thanks to our newest sponsor, ExpressVPN. Okay, so we all know how a VPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But I didn't know this until recently, and it's taken my TV watching game to the next level. You can use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Over the weekend, I used ExpressVPN to binge Doctor Who on UK Netflix. It was so simple. I just fired up the ExpressVPN app, changed my location in the United Kingdom, refreshed Netflix, and boom! That's it. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. Hey, I'd like sites to think I'm located at the top of a castle, but obviously that's not going to happen because I don't live in a monarchy. But anyways, you can choose almost 100 different countries you can be in. I, for one, would love to be on Madagascar. So just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. Side note, I don't think ExpressVPN actually goes to Madagascar. Do you love anime? Use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. I use HBO Now because I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't need ExpressVPN for that. But hey, HBO has a lot of original programming in other countries. So that's where I'll use ExpressVPN. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all of your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on the go or on the big screen wherever you are. If you visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com slash hoopball, you can get an additional three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Welcome back into the Hoopball Chicago Bulls podcast. We are discussing the wow hire of Billy Donovan, former coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Our guest is Jacob Niffin, the co-host of the Uncontested Podcast and Oklahoma City Thunder Podcast. Jacob, stylistically, what should Bulls fans expect Billy Donovan to run? And I'll preface this by saying the Fred Hoiberg era was a lot of high-low motion offense that then transitioned into, I don't know what you want to call the Jim Boylan era of offense, but defensively, they blitzed pick and rolls. They got beat back door a lot. It was a very effective on-ball defense, but there was very little help, and it just ended up being a disaster when it came to guarding guys inside. What should we expect a Billy Donovan system to look like offensively and defensively? So defensively, I feel like Donovan's style, he he's really 
um, what's the word I want to use here? He's he he was willing to use his personnel to the best of their ability. So, for instance, whenever the Thunder had Russell Westbrook, the Thunder typically played pick and roll defense, where they would have their big man in the pick and roll uh, really step up and hedge hard on guards because Russell Westbrook tended to die on screens. He wouldn't get over screens, and guards would come off screens and pull up for threes all day. So he would have guys like Steven Adams uh, or a Serge Ibaka uh, step out on those screens and really hedge hard. Now, this year, with three pretty good defensive guards and Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Dennis Schroeder, who were willing to fight over screens, he played more of a drop coverage defense where on the pick and roll, guys like Steven Adams and Danilo Gallinari, instead of hedging out hard on those guards, would kind of drop and play midfield between the guard and the big rolling to the basket. So I think he's he's very adaptable on his defensive philosophies. Now, as far as offense is concerned, Billy has always harped on ball movement, player movement. He is a big fan of ball movement, player movement, keeping the ball moving, finding the open man. Um, he tends to like playmaking out of the high post. He used Steven Adams a lot in this aspect, a lot of dribble handoffs, um, a lot of, uh, you know, screen and rolls where Steven would get the ball at the, the top of the elbow, uh, let guys cut off him and then throw passes. So I think a lot of ball movement, a lot of player movement, and for the Bulls with a guy like Wendell Carter Jr., who I think uh, has a lot of potential, uh, you might see some some mid-post action there, not really to try to get Wendell maybe open shots at that point, but let him evaluate the floor, let guys run off cuts, uh, run off screens, and, and play make from that high post position. The point guard position is one where a lot of people are having questions about its future for the Chicago Bulls. Chris Dunn is an unrestricted free agent, and he is a less than able offensive player. Tomas Sadoransky still has two years left on his contract, and he is a backup at best. A lot of Bulls fans are hoping that LaMelo Ball falls to them at number four. If he doesn't, Killian Hayes is obviously somebody that they are targeting. I had Mark from the Bulls HQ podcast on our last episode. He thinks that wherever it is at number four, it's best player available. With Billy Donovan now in the fold, and given the success that he had with somebody like Russell Westbrook, do you think that it elevates drafting a true franchise point guard as his first draft pick as the head coach of the Chicago Bulls? Oh, that's interesting. Now, I do think Billy is a great developer of young talent. We've seen that in Oklahoma City over the past five years. He he is really good at helping young guys develop and get better at their craft. I I don't know if you target specifically a point guard if you're the Bulls. Now, you mentioned one name that I absolutely love in this draft, and Killian Hayes. I think I that kid to me is the next Manu Ginobili type player. I love Killian Hayes to death. And so that would be awesome for the Bulls. Um, I don't know really, I, you know, maybe the Bulls see Kobe White as a long-term two and not a one. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if you can justify like having to take a point guard because Billy Donovan is there and they need a, need a franchise point guard uh, along with their new coach. I don't think it's bad. I don't know if LaMelo slips that far, but I think that could work. Uh, Billy Donovan is also very much, uh, he relinquishes power to the players a bit. Now, sometimes that can be a detriment. There was an exit interview after uh, the the season where, the 2018-19 season, where afterwards Chris Paul 
or sorry, not, not Chris Paul, but Russell Westbrook and Paul George left where Dennis Schroeder mentioned, you know, that Billy kind of gave up power to Russ and PG, maybe a little too much. Now, I think giving up some of your power to some of your younger players and letting them learn on the fly is a good thing. So maybe getting a point guard would be beneficial for them there. Greg, I don't mean to hijack your podcast here, but let me ask you a question. Please do. The the Bulls just pulled the Oklahoma City Thunder, former Oklahoma City Thunder coach. Any, Any consideration, any talk up there in Chicago about maybe pulling a point guard who has just won... Uh, second All NBA honors this season, and making a making a deal for Chris Paul, who has history with Kobe White. As I think Kobe White played on his AAU team. Do you think there's any interest there as well? So it's funny that you bring that up because literally, as you were explaining your last answer, I was pulling up the contract page for the Thunder and the Bulls. So Otto Porter Jr. has one year left on his contract at twenty eight million dollars. Chris Paul's at forty one. And change next year, and then at forty four, which I believe is a club op- is that a club option or is that no? Player. That's a player option. It's a definitely a player option. Yeah. So Chris Paul is basically going to cost you around forty two million dollars a year over the next two years. The only way that I think the Bulls make that work is if they dump Otto Porter Jr. in that twenty eight million dollars and if they're able to dump somebody like a Tomas Sadoransky or a Thad Young. And I know that the Thunder are not in a position to where they necessarily want to take on big contracts. I see that Danilo Gallinari and his $22.6 million are off the books. Andre Roberson and his $10 million are also off the books. You still have 15.5 of Dennis Schroeder. You still have 27 of Steven Adams for next year. So I guess the thing is, can you make the money work? I think the Bulls would definitely take two years of Chris Paul if they have somebody developmentally that they want to be their franchise guy come 2022-23. Are the Thunder going to be willing to take on some dead money for next year when they really want to just tear it all down as quickly as possible? I guess to counteract this question, do you see the Thunder being able to move Steven Adams? Moving Steven Adams, I think, is going to be a task. It's going to be a tall task. But for the the Chris Paul question, if you're bringing back Otto Porter Jr., who's going into the last year of his deal, I believe, and like a, a Thomas Sadoransky, who has two years left, and that makes the salaries match up under the 125% rule, hell yes, the Thunder do that. I think they do that in a heartbeat. Now, you have to include an asset. Is it a future top 10 protected pick? Um is it uh, a young player with some upside? I don't know what that asset is, but I think the Thunder 100% uh, are are willing to take on that money. They know they're going to have to match salary for a Chris Paul deal. There, there's no getting around that. Uh, but an Otto Porter Jr., Thomas Sadoransky, and a uh, top 10 2021 protected, top 8 2021 protected, I think Sam Presti jumps all over that. Am I wrong I may not be remembering this correctly, but do the Thunder have like a significant amount of draft capital from the Paul George trade still? Just a little bit. You know, I think it's a a total of six picks and two swaps from the Paul George deal, two picks and two swaps from the Russell Westbrook deal. So the Thunder, if this deal happens, could potentially have more draft capital than they do now, which is going to jumpstart that rebuild even quicker for them. 
And I think that if you're a Thunder fan, you've got to be excited about what's going to happen over the next few years. You talk about bringing a player up. What about assistant coaches? I know that you've got Mo Cheeks down there, who's a former NBA head coach in his own right. Is there anybody on this current coaching staff that you feel like is attached to Billy Donovan and would be willing to come from OKC to Chicago? That's a great question. Um, on the current staff, I'm not really sure. Mo Cheeks, possibly. Um, I know that Brian Keefe is a really big name as far as an assistant coach for the Thunder. He actually left and went and coached with Derek Fisher in New York, uh, if you can remember that uh, that debacle, and then came back to Oklahoma City. Now, a lot of the guys that were very close to Billy Donovan actually left Oklahoma City last year and went and joined Monty Williams in Phoenix. Uh, I think three assistant coaches in total uh, left Oklahoma City whenever Monty Williams ended up uh, getting the Phoenix job. And part of that was because Billy Donovan was going into the last year of his contract this year. And as an assistant, I don't think you want to attach yourself to what could possibly be like if if what, what actually came to fruition happens, which is the coach leaves, a new coach come in and maybe he wants to hire his own assistants and a lot of assistants are out of jobs. So I think a lot of the guys that were attached to Billy are actually now out in Phoenix. Um, the only two I could really see maybe joining him out to Chicago again would be Mo Cheeks uh, and Brian Keith. We are here with Jacob Niffin, co-host of the Uncontested Podcast, the Oklahoma City Thunder Podcast on the Blue Wire Network. Do you deem the five years that Billy Donovan was in Oklahoma City a success, or do you feel like they could have gotten a lot more out of this team? Because I obviously, we talked about how close a lot of those first round series were over the past four years, and I know that 2016 still hurts. But I think if you look back years from now, do you determine the Billy Donovan era in Oklahoma City to be a success? Yes. Uh, Billy Donovan has a 61% winning percentage in the NBA in his five years. The roster turnover for him was insane. Like I mentioned, that first year, 2016, like, and you mentioned it, it, it opens up old wounds for sure. I mean, you are literally 12 minutes away. Uh, a, a Clay Thompson barrage of threes, which in part came because Andre Robertson got in foul trouble that game from going to the NBA finals, uh, entering that off season when Kevin Durant became a free agent, the thunder had an Al Horford deal lined up and still went ahead and did the, the Serge Ibaka trade to get Victor Oladipo and Domas Sabonis. I mean, you had a squad coming back that next year. Kevin Durant obviously decides to leave. So he has a completely new roster year two. Then you bring in Paul George. So another, adjustment period you bring in Paul Darnell and Paul George but Carmelo Anthony two you know very big names in the NBA the next year you deal away Carmelo Anthony you bring in Dennis Schroeder uh this year you deal away both Russell Westbrook and Paul George there's been no consistency as far as roster for him so you kind of feel for him in that aspect but they've had great seasons I think this one is maybe his best coaching job uh maybe that 2016 playoff run was a better coaching job by him. And and again, I think some of those playoff woes have to do with a little bit of ego, uh, have to do with a little bit of personnel issues. And you, you can't really pin those things on Donovan as much as 
the players that are on the court performing. So I would look at the past five years uh, and look back on the Billy Donovan era in Oklahoma City uh, very fondly. I think he is not only a great coach, but a great person. And I think that his development of, of talent and youth, especially youth, uh, was very, very important for this team. And I think that's why this is a great hire for the Chicago Bulls, because they hire Arturis Karnishevis, who was the GM under Tim Connolly in Denver and was a guy that was known for his player development and his scouting background. He brings in Mark Eversley, who is very much a player's GM from Philadelphia to be his GM. They bring in J.J. Polk from New Orleans to be the cap guy. And Karnishevis is all about development. So I don't know how closely you follow the Chicago Bulls. I know you already mentioned Wendell Carter Jr., but do you see any parallels between the Thunder when Donovan took over and the Bulls right now? Now, obviously, I will put in the qualifier that the Chicago Bulls don't have anybody on the caliber of Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, which is exactly what Billy Donovan walked into his first year in OKC. Yeah, so obviously with that caveat, um, I, I, there's probably a little bit, and I, I think the the young guys, like you mentioned, on on Chicago, the Laurie Markinens, the Wendell Carter Juniors, the Kobe Whites, and then whoever the Bulls bring in at number four, uh, I think those guys will do very, very well under Billy Donovan. I, I think that Billy has been great at the development of youth. Uh, we've seen that with the leap that Shea Gilgis Alexander took this year. We've seen it with guys like Lou Dort and Darius Baisley. Um, Hamadou Diallo came into the league a couple of years ago, um, borderline unplayable, and really started to find a role on this team this year. Uh, Terrence Ferguson progressed well until this season, where he had a lot of off the court and personal issues going on, which I think really affected his professional life. Billy Donovan is good at developing talent. And so I think those young guys, although the, the teams, the Thunder in 2016 versus the Bulls in 2020, are at two very different points, uh, I think they are both places where Billy Donovan and his coaching style can really thrive. This is less of a Thunder question and more of a Billy Donovan from Florida question. If you're talking about having somebody come in that can help with development, and be an on-court leader, even if they don't have a huge impact. What are your thoughts, given their history, about a Joakim Noah return to Chicago? I love it. I love every bit of it. Uh, Billy Donovan has a great, great, great relationship with all of his former players. Um, Greg, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but as soon as the news broke, uh, Bradley Beal even tweeted about it and said, like, I, I forget what he said, but he very excited that, Donovan got the job in in Chicago. Uh, he's got a great. I mean, after every NBA game, you see him uh, hugging some former player. Um, so I I love the idea. I he and Joe Kim Noah have a great relationship, and I love just the homecoming of Joe Kim Noah back to the Bulls. Um, kind of like you mentioned, that on court leader it doesn't even have to be an on court leader, just an in the locker room leader. Uh, I think that would help out quite a bit. Uh, the Bulls don't have a whole lot of of vets. And so bringing in a guy like Joe Kim Noah, I think would be, be really, really good. Now let's not get crazy and say like a, an Al Horford reunion as well. I don't think that's a good plan, but uh, I, I, I do think he has great relationships with those former players and bringing one back 
uh, along for the ride, especially a homecoming for Joe Kim Noah uh, would be really cool. One fun caveat about Billy Donovan is anytime you talk about almost anybody in the league to him, he always has a story about how he recruited that player to Florida. Uh, one of my favorite ones was he talked about how he was trying to get Austin Rivers uh, to come play with him at Florida. Obviously, Austin Rivers ended up at Duke instead. But he's always saying, oh, yeah, we recruited him whenever whenever I was coaching Florida. He he knows nearly everybody in the league from their college days. couple more questions here for Jacob Niffin here on the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast. Jacob, one of the co-hosts of the Uncontested podcast, a Blue Wire Network podcast covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. I really wanted to expound upon the point that you just made about all of his players loving him. When Mark Eversley was introduced, along with Arturis Karnishevis, they basically said, we want to make the Bulls a player's first organization. And it was pretty clear under John Paxson and Gar Foreman, and especially with Jim Boylan as the head coach, this was not a player's first organization. Does Billy Donovan's reputation as a player's coach make him a favorite in this scenario to where if the Bulls hadn't had declared that, that maybe they have gone in a different direction? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, for reporting from Adrian Wojnarowski today says that once the Bulls found out that Donovan wasn't coming back to Oklahoma City, which they were surprised about, uh, that they pushed very hard to get Billy Donovan. And I think that just makes sense because Billy is definitely a player's coach. He is the kind of guy that he does not want to be in the spotlight. Uh, he was even that way at Florida. He was not a John Calipari. Uh, he he very much wanted to give the power and the kudos to the players. I mean, there were there were times this season, Greg, where Billy Donovan would call a timeout during the game and wouldn't even go in the huddle. He would just let Chris Paul run the show. Now, obviously, Chris Paul is a very, very rare uh, talent and leader, uh, especially a vocal leader. And so that makes makes a little bit of sense. But that's the kind of guy he is. He likes to give his players um, the leeway to kind of kind of run the show. He wants the, the team to be about the players. He wants the kudos to go on the players. And then when things go bad, he'll take the blame. He really protects his players. And so with that direction that the Bulls have kind of started to, to go in restructuring their front office, now restructuring their coaching staff, I think it's just a seamless fit. It really is. Do you see the Bulls end up getting to the position where the Thunder have been in terms of being a consistent contender in the Eastern Conference? Obviously, the Thunder in the Western Conference. But do you see with Billy Donovan at the helm and a core that is making a push to get to the next level, do you see the Bulls as a team that can get on the level of the Thunder in the next two years? Because I don't think it's going to necessarily be what happened when Billy Donovan came in for Scott Brooks, you had a team that had already made the finals and they end up being a team that made the playoffs every year in Billy Donovan's first five years as a head coach. This upcoming season might be the first time he misses the playoffs, but I think the Bulls fans are trying to get a guy in place that number one is going to develop the core that they have, but number two 
salvages the reputation of the organization to where when you're going into the 2021 free agent class, everybody looks at Chicago as a premier destination. And heaven knows they are looking for that guy a little bit north of I-94 to make his way down to Chicago. I think you know who I'm talking about. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, so Billy Donovan, let's start with this. Billy Donovan, obviously, I mentioned, you know, recruited half the NBA to come play at Florida. He never had to recruit players in the NBA in free agency because that's just not who Oklahoma City is. Oklahoma City's best free agent signing, probably as far as talent ever, is Nerland's Noel. Their most expensive free agent signing ever, I think, is Patrick Patterson from a few years ago. It's just, obviously, the whole league knows Oklahoma City isn't a free agent destination. Now, obviously, Chicago, uh, you know, being one of the largest cities in the U.S., uh, is very much a destination, the iconic Chicago Bulls. And so maybe Billy gets in on a little bit of of that recruiting aspect. As far as getting to where the Thunder are, like him building the Bulls up to where the Thunder are, there's so many, um, so, so many different pieces that go into that. How good does Kobe White end up being? How good does Wendell Carter Jr. end up being? Who do they get at pick number four? What else happens in the East? There's so many different pieces that have to fall in place. What I can say, though, is that Billy Donovan will help a young team progress, grow, get better at their craft, both individually and as a team. He will help build a culture of accountability, um, but still let let the players have the keys to the car. And I think though all those things combined, maybe the Bulls don't end up in the Eastern Conference Finals in two years. Maybe they don't end up being a second-round playoff team in two years. I would be surprised if they're not in the playoffs, if not in the 2020-2021 season, definitely the 21-22 season, uh, just because that's the kind of coach Billy is. He's He's been successful everywhere he's gone with new management with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I, I don't foresee that's suddenly changing. Now, if it was still the old Garpax regime in Chicago, maybe, but with this new regime that that has their eyes kind of set forward on a on a rebuild, developing young talent, being player first, those are all the things you want in the current NBA, and I think those are places where Billy Donovan is going to help propel that franchise forward. I do want to get in a couple of Thunder questions here because you awesome. are a Thunder podcaster, and I want to make sure that we give you that platform here as we wrap up this Billy Donovan Gets Hired episode of the Hoopball Chicago Bulls podcast. My first question is, where do you think they go in terms of their head coaching hire, and do you think that any of the candidates that the Bulls were looking at, two in particular, Wes Unsell Jr. and Ime Udoka, do you think either of those two guys are going to be on the short list for Oklahoma City? And then number two, The only guy I'm looking at on this roster that I think is untouchable at this point is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So I guess, two-part question, where do you see the Thunder going at head coach, and am I right in assessing that Shea Gilgis-Alexander is the one untouchable on this roster? As far as head coach is concerned, I have no clue. Here is what my educated assumption would be, though. The Thunder have paid the luxury tax for I think the past five or six years. This year, they nearly ducked it, but they were like a million over. We are in the middle of a global pandemic that has affected everybody economically. 
the Thunder Ownership Group is in oil and gas, uh, who which has really been affected. They are going to cut costs. Because of that, they're not going to sign, I don't think, a, a former head coach in the league. I think they're going to go with an assistant, an unknown, uh, a, a college guy, somebody who this is going to be their first season as an NBA head coach. And I think they're going to go with somebody young who can grow with the team. I would not be surprised at all if the next Thunder head coach is in their mid to late 30s. That would not come as a shock to me at all. However, you mentioned the shortlist. I don't even know if we're going to see a shortlist. The Thunder are so incredibly tight-lipped. They're probably, as far as, as media leaks, the most conservative team in the league. You don't know what the Thunder are doing until it's done. Uh, case in point, the Paul George trade. Nobody knew that was coming until Woj tweeted that it happened. I don't know if we're going to get reports like, oh, the Thunder have interviewed this guy. Oh, the Thunder have interviewed that guy. These are the guys that Thunder are interested in. I think one day we're just going to get an announcement that the Thunder have hired a coach, and we're not going to have any clue where the heck it came from. So as far as the head coach is concerned, it's going to be interesting, but I think they're going to go with somebody who's young, relatively inexperienced, and willing to grow with the team. I mean, you have to find a, a coach that is willing to come in and is okay with a 25-win season, their first season as a head coach. Um, that's maybe a bit of an ask for a lot of people, right? To ask them to come in in their first year and effectively fail. So it's going to be interesting to see which direction they go. But I would put my money on a young, inexperienced coach that they don't have to pay a lot to start off and who is willing to grow with the team. As far as your second question, I think there are three players on the roster that the Thunder are very, very high on. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Darius Baisley, and Lugens Dort. You mentioned Shea being the only untouchable. I am with you in that. Now, I, I am on record on the Uncontested podcast saying, I don't know if Shea is going to be your Batman, if he is your number one guy. I think Shea is more of your CJ McCollum and less of your Damian Lillard. Some people around Oklahoma City think even Shea's not untouchable. The right deal comes along. You trade him along and, and you try to go find that number one guy. Now, I personally am a little more conservative when it comes to these things. And I would prefer if you've got your CJ McCollum, you've already checked that box. Let's not gamble that asset to try to get the better asset. Let's keep that asset and use the 15 million picks that you have in the future to go find your Damian Lillard, to go find your Kawhi Leonard. And, and so I, to me, I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander is safe. I think he is very safe. I think the Thunder want to see him without a Chris Paul on this team next year and see what he looks like as a lead guard, as a guy with the ball in his hands, running the show, making the decisions. I don't think Shea is going anywhere, but I would not be completely shocked if they did trade Shea Gilgis-Alexander if the price was right and they could get uh, a, a surefire um, all-star type player. I think that percentage chance is incredibly low. We're talking probably less than 2% chance, but I think the chance is out there. I don't know if I would consider him a true, quote-unquote, untouchable. The one thing that I would say in that as we wrap up here, Jacob, I'm a baseball guy by trade. I worked in minor league baseball for five years. The Mets picked up Robinson Cano from the Seattle Mariners, and the Seattle Mariners wanted to dump that contract. 
in order to dump that contract, they had to give up somebody that was still young and controllable, that being Edwin Diaz. Now, I see a very similar scenario with the Thunder if they're trying to dump Chris Paul because there are a lot of teams that may not want to take on a $40-plus million a year salary if they're picking up Chris Paul, but they want somebody that can be an asset for years to come after Paul's contract is done, which is where I can see them trading a Lou Dort, a Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and a Baisley. So that's just the way that I see it. Jacob, where can everybody follow you, listen to your podcast, all the good stuff that you put out in regards to Thunder content. So I am on Twitter at Jacob Niffen. The last name is K-N-I-F-F-E-N. Our podcast is also on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. And you can find our episodes literally anywhere you download your podcasts at. And I will say this, the uncontested records about as much as any basketball podcast that I've ever seen. They do daily recaps, which is very rare for a lot of basketball podcasts. So if you're somebody that is commuting to work, wants to make sure that they're caught up with everything in the know in regards to the Thunder, make sure you subscribe to The Uncontested. Jacob, thanks again for coming on today to discuss Billy Donovan with me. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you, Greg. Jacob Niffen of The Uncontested Podcast. This has been another episode of the Hoopball Chicago Bulls Podcast. Welcome to Chicago, Billy Donovan. Have a great rest of your day, and as always, Go Bulls! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.